Welcome to Resonate with Trent Griffith. The direction of your eyes is going to determine the destination of your life. If your eyes are down on the things of this world, if you do not lift up your eyes, the destination of your life is not going to end up in a happy place. But if you can lift up your eyes to see beyond what you see physically, you're going to be in a better destination at the end of your life. One of the powerful realities of the Bible is that God uses His Word to show us things that we would never be able to see otherwise. We're going to hear about that today on Resonate. Does it seem like you're in a low place in life right now? Sin, doubt, exhaustion, sorrow, even the news headlines. There are a lot of things that can make us feel completely overwhelmed. Well, Pastor Trent Griffiths says there's a solution. According to Psalm 121, it's to lift up your eyes. Trent is a senior pastor of Harvest Bible Chapel in Granger, Indiana. Here's Pastor Trent. Take your Bibles and open it halfway. And you should be in the book of Psalms. Find chapter 121. I'm going to warn you here. um, There is a mistake that Bible veterans make when they read the Psalms. I want you to look at Psalm 121. On the countdown of three, I want you to tell me what the first two words of this psalm are. Are you ready? Three, two, one. Wrong. The first two words of this psalm are a song. Why did you skip the title? That's inspired too. God wrote the title to tell us what type of psalm we are reading. You understand the book of Psalms is a collection of 150 songs. This was the hymn book of the people of God. And these songs were the songs that they sang to one another to encourage one another to get their eyes off of created things onto the creator. And they're very honest at times, talking about their trials and their hurts and even their doubts of God and their complaints against God. And so we've opened to a very particular section of the Psalms. It's actually 15 different songs from um, Psalm 120 to Psalm 134. And those Psalms are... The songs of ascent. Did you see it there in the title? Songs of ascent. And I wanted to break that down for you this morning as we think about what it means to ascend. Why did God preserve the lyrics of these 15 songs for us to read on our spiritual journey? Do you know what an ascent is? I actually looked up the dictionary definition. This is what it means. It is upward movement from a low place to a higher place. And that was a very real thing for people that lived in the Bible times in Israel. I discovered this when I actually went over there. You see, the land, the topography of Israel is the opposite of Indiana. Indiana is flat. Has anybody noticed that? It's very flat. Israel is the opposite. Everywhere you go, you cannot take a step in Israel without either ascending or descending. You are either headed up a hill or down a hill when you are in Israel. 
And so back in the day when these songs were written, they were written for a very specific purpose. They were written to keep people ascending, to keep people going. And when I was in Israel, everywhere we went, they put us on a nice air-conditioned bus, and the bus was on a nice paved road. As we went up the hills and down the hills, we ascended and we descended. But I couldn't help but think what life must have been like for the people of God living in ancient Israel. No roads, no hiking boots, no Nike sneakers. And so everywhere they went was difficult. It was hard. And the people of God had been invited by God to come to the place of worship, the place of feasting and the place of festival, the place where they would remind each other of, of the nature of God and the glory of God. And that all took place around Jerusalem, which sat on top of a mountain. You remember when we studied back in Genesis chapter 22, God told Abraham to go to Mount Moriah. And so he ascended up this mountain. Well, that's where the, the place of worship in Jerusalem was established. And so when the people of God were, were, it was time for their annual feast and it was time to gather together as the people of God to worship God, they had to begin an ascension from whatever low place they were in, whatever valley they typically lived in, they had to go up these hills. As a matter of fact, one of the places that we went was the Dead Sea in this region in, in near Jericho. It's, it's the lowest place on earth. And uh, that particular region is 1,300 feet below sea level. Now, 20 miles away, just 20 miles away, is Jerusalem, which sits 2,600 feet above sea level. So the 20-mile journey from the Dead Sea region to Jerusalem, you would ascend almost 4,000 feet without a bus, without asphalt, and without hiking boots or sneakers. And so you begin to understand the context in which this was written and how important these songs were. We're about to read a song of ascent. You can be sure that the people, when they were going on this journey, there were times where they wanted to quit. They wanted to turn around. They wanted to go home. I can't take another step. I've got blisters on my feet. I've turned my ankle. I've skinned my knee. This was a hard journey, but they kept going. Why? What motivated them to keep going? Because they wanted to get as close to the heart of God as they could. And they knew that in those days, that was in Jerusalem. Now, how many of you are grateful you do not live in ancient Israel? But you and I are still on a journey. As a matter of fact, understand why this psalm was preserved for us. It is because God designed my life to be an ascending journey. He wants me to ascend from wherever I am to a better place. Unfortunately, way too many people that call themselves Christians have stopped ascending. Maybe they've gotten satisfied with how far they've come. 
Maybe you're here this morning and you've got a track record of, of, of continuing to follow Jesus and it's been an upward journey and you can kind of look at your life and it's been an up and to the right journey, but maybe you're at a place of plateau right now. Let me ask you this. Which of these three words best describes your spiritual journey? Ascending, plateaued, or descending? Are you in a higher place today than you were 12 months ago? Are you in a lower place today than you were 12 months ago? Or are you at the same elevation? Listen, God designed my life to be an ever ascending journey. No matter how far you've come, he wants you to take the next step. He wants you to get to the next place. And maybe there are some reasons that you've stopped. Understand that all of us may be in a different place here this morning. I've tried to think about different people and different conversations I've had with some of you as we've tried to disciple and pastor you and get you to a better place. Some of you here today are in a valley of sin. You have disobeyed God, you've ignored God's laws, and as a result of that, you are in a very low place. You feel very far from God, you may feel isolated from God, you may be isolated from other people, you may be even experiencing some of the judgment of God. If that's you and you're in a valley of sin this morning, God is inviting you to ascend out of that valley. He wants you to lift up your eyes and see a better place, a place of forgiveness, a place of cleansing, and a place of obedience and holiness. Lift up your eyes. Get out of that valley. Ascend this morning. Some of you are in a valley of apathy. Maybe you've been so low for so long, you don't even care anymore. I mean, you see other people on the journey, you kind of wave as they pass you by. Maybe you've been up the mountain before, but you're just kind of at a place, you're just like, ah, it's not worth it anymore. Listen, if you find yourself in a low place of apathy this morning, God is inviting you to ascend to a place of purpose and mission and significance on this journey. Some of you are in a place, a valley of doubt, and if you're here this morning, you're doubting the promises of God, you're doubting the presence of God, maybe somebody's whispered in your ear, you can't trust him and he's not real and he doesn't care and you're beginning to, to doubt the promises of God. Listen, God is inviting you to the place of faith and confidence in his ability to get you to a better place. If you find yourself in the valley of exhaustion, maybe here, you're here this morning and you've been walking with Jesus for a long time because you're old. How many like me are on the other side of 50? And you're feeling like, is this ever going to end? I mean, I've been following him and I've scraped my knee and I've gotten back up. But you know what? It's time for some other people to ascend. And maybe I can just kind of point them up the hill. I, and you're just tired this morning. Listen, God wants you to know no matter how long your journey is, you should never stop taking your next step. He invites you to the place of renewed strength and refreshing in the delight and the presence of Jesus. Some of you find yourself in a valley of sorrow and pain. God invites you to the place of joy. God invites you to the place of delight in Christ. Some of you are in the low place of regret. And you've been hurt and you've sinned and now you're in a place of self-pity. Listen, 
God invites you to ascend to a place of love and grace and purpose and significance. Lift up your eyes. God designed my life to be an ever ascending journey. Get it? That's the word ascent. I just preached the title to you, okay? So let's dive into the psalm. You ready for that? Verse 1, it says, I lift up my eyes. I want you to underline the word eyes there. We're going to discover there's three significant words in this psalm. And if you can understand these three significant words, you are going to make great ascension in the coming year. The first one is that word eyes. I lift up my eyes to the hills. That's our second word. We're going to discover what those hills are. And then he says, from where does my help come? That's the third word, help. Now we're going to discover there's two kinds of eyes, there's two kinds of hills, and there's two kinds of help. And in order to understand how to lift up your eyes, we're going to have to unpack those, those three words there. First of all, let's, let's think about these, these eyes that we're talking about here, okay? Now there's two kinds of eyes. There's physical eyes. There's physical eyes, and you can see people. You can see what's going on around you. You can see how much money's left in your bank account. You can see what's on your doctor's report. Um, you can see your kid's grades or your grades or lack thereof. Um, you can see things with your physical eyes. God is inviting you to see with spiritual eyes something that you can't see with your physical eyes. You can't see God with your physical eyes. The Bible says that the God of this world, a God with a little g, the God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers to keep them from seeing the glory of the gospel in the face of Jesus Christ. If you can't see with spiritual eyes, understand, you're never going to be able to ascend from where you are to the place that God wants you to go. Spiritual eyes are a gift. And if you can't see anything beyond what you see physically or you refuse to believe there's even something to believe in that your eyes can't see, would you just ask this morning, God, would you give me spiritual eyes so that I can see beyond the craziness of this life? So there's physical eyes and there's spiritual eyes. I want you to see what we see with physical eyes because what you see with physical eyes is actually quite terrifying. Why do more people not make this journey? Understand this. The direction of my eyes will determine the destination of my life. Even if you're here this morning and you doubt the existence of God, do you understand everybody is going to end up somewhere? Your life is going to have a destination and the direction of your eyes is going to determine the destination of your life. If your eyes are down on the things of this world, if you do not lift up your eyes, the destination of your life is not going to end up in a happy place. But if you can lift up your eyes to see beyond what you see physically, you're going to be in a better destination at the end of your life. So what stops people from ascending to the place that God wants them to be? Here it is. First of all, my ascent stops when I look at the height of the hills. My ascent stops when I look at the height of these hills. Now I want you to see it here. It says, I lift up my eyes to the hills from where does my help come? What kind of hills are they talking about? Well, of course, we were talking about the physical hills there in Israel. Those represent insurmountable objects 
that you and I think we, there's no way we can get on the other side of those hills. And even if you were to ascend one and get to the other side, you would find that at the top of that hill, you're just looking at another set of hills on the other side. How many of you felt like, hey, I, I, I conquered Monday, but then Wednesday showed up? Anybody ever feel like that? Yeah, you got a hill on Monday and you thought you were doing great at the end of the day and then all of a sudden something else happened there. Hills can seem insurmountable. And in a spiritual sense, you and I have faced many hills that seem like, I, I think I'm, I, I'm ready to go home. I'm ready. And, and if you've been stopped, maybe you've been stopped by one of these hills. First of all, the hill of fear. Anybody going to turn on the news this afternoon? What are you going to see? They're probably going to tell us about what the crazy politicians are doing in Washington. And if they get any time after that, they'll tell us a little bit about the nuclear threat there in North Korea. And then we'll tell, you know, tell us about the racial violence in our country. I mean, it just never stops. Listen, if your eyes are focused on only what you can see, you will be terrified. And you will run in terror to the hills. Listen, don't let the terror of what you see with your physical eyes stop you in your journey, your ascension, to get to the place where God wants you to go. Here's another hill that stops us, the hill of temptation. If you're a Christian and you're trying to please the Lord, the world, the flesh, and the devil is going to throw everything it possibly can at you to get you to stop turn around and go home and quit trying to get to the place of holiness and purity in your life. And if you're going to get there, you've got to get your eyes off of the temptations that this world throws at you. If you've been feasting your eyes on impure images, lift up your eyes and see the beauty of Christ and the reward that is yours because you have lived a life that's pleasing to God. Lift up your eyes. Don't get stopped by the hill of temptation. Some of us get stopped by the hill of bitterness. The reality is there are so many of us that have been hurt, lied to, stolen from, neglected, abandoned, cheated on, and you're thinking of the person that did that to you right now. And it was at that point that you got hurt and you stopped ascending to the place God wanted you to go. And you're so focused on the anger and the bitterness and the revenge that you would want to get if you could. It has stopped your spiritual progress. It's a hill of bitterness in your life. Until you choose to trust that what happened to you was completely within the providence of, the, of a loving God. Until you thanked God for every person in every situation he has allowed into your life. Until you fully and freely forgive those that hurt you. You won't take your next step in following Christ. Some of you have been stopped by the hill of opposition. And the reality is you have decided at one point in your life, I will follow Jesus. No turning back. I'm going after it. Nothing can stop me. If he lived a life of surrender, so will I. If he came out of the grave, so will I. And that's real easy to sing on Sunday morning in a crowd full of friendlies. But then you head back to work and you head back to school and you realize that your stand for Jesus is not going to make you popular. You're not going to be well-liked. You're going to be ridiculed. You're going to be mislabeled. And you're like, I think I'm going to let somebody else stand for Jesus today. 
and I'm just going to kind of blend in or hide out. And it stopped your spiritual ascension. Lift up your eyes. Stop looking for the approval of men and look for the approval of God. Lift up your eyes beyond what you see in the hills of opposition and then the hill of unbelief. The world would want to convince you you can only believe in what you can see. And God says we live by faith, not by sight. Lift up your eyes. There is a whole world of spiritual truth that is available to those that can see beyond the hills. And so the psalmist says, I lift up my eyes to the hills. And it terrified him. And so what the next thing he said? He says, um, let me ask a question. From where does my help come? Do you understand that God allows the hills to convince you that you need help? Will you admit you can't handle the hills on your own? Will you cry out and ask the same question? Where will I find some help in this journey? Well, that leads us to our second point, and it's good news. My ascent starts when I look to the hand of the helper. So I told you there's two kinds of eyes. What are they? Physical eyes and what? I told you there's two kinds of hills. There's hills of crisis. It's all those five things that we just saw. But then not only crisis, there are hills of success because some of you looked at that list of five things and you're like, I'm so glad I don't struggle with those. I mean, I know some people that do. They're so lame. But I've climbed those hills. I've conquered temptations. And I'm not afraid of anything. And the problem with you is now you are facing a mountain of pride that thinks you can do it by yourself. And you don't need God's help. That hill will keep you from ascending as well. If you are in that area, would you get your eyes off of yourself and your accomplishments and your achievement and your elevation and realize you need God's help as much today as you have ever needed it? No matter how far you've come, your next step in following Jesus is completely dependent upon his willingness to help you. So there's two kinds of hills, hills of success and hills of crisis. Both will stop you in your ascent. And then we said there's two kinds of help. There's created help and there's creator help. Look at it here in verse 2. He asks the question, where does my help come? He answers his question. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And so do you want the help of only created things? Or do you want the help of the one who created them? In reality, some of us just wish, if I could just find a friend. That, I just, I'm so lonely. If I could just find the help of a friend. And some of you, when you get in trouble, you call some friends, you text some friends. Listen, friends are good. That's created help. Lift up your eyes beyond your friends. Some of you are single and you're like, if I could just get a help meet. I mean, I read the Bible and the Bible says God created Eve to help Adam. And if I could just, Lord, I just, can I get a little help? Just send me a wife. Now, a wife is a created thing and a, a wife is a wonderful helper. 
But you've got to lift up your eyes beyond even your marriage partner. Lift up your eyes beyond your marriage. Some of you say, if I could just get some, if I could just get an education. I mean, if I could just get enough money to pay tuition and, and get a degree and then I could get a job. And God, I need a job. I've got an education. Just give me a job. A job's good. An education is good. That's created help. Lift up your eyes beyond your education, beyond your occupation. Others say, if I could just get enough money. Listen, if you had money, you wouldn't need God because you need things that money can't do. And as long as you've got money, why do you need God? Now that explains why you don't have money, doesn't it? Because God wants you to want his help more than money's help. And so many times God will dry up the money so that you'll cry out for his help. God's the one that created those hills to get you to understand you can't climb them on your own. Lift up your eyes beyond the hills. God wants to give you the help of the creator. So he says, look to the one who made heaven and earth. Help is available for everyone who will admit they need it. But some people are too proud to acknowledge you're helpless. All of your education, all of your friends, even your church, certainly not your pastor, is enough to help you. So often people are so arrogant to think, I don't need anybody's help, I got this. And listen, would you just acknowledge this morning, you are absolutely helpless to get to the place God wants you to go unless by His grace, the one who made heaven and earth comes to your aid. He's waiting on you to admit, I'm helpless. My help comes from the one who made heaven and earth. No amount of money, no amount of intellect, no marriage, no church can give me what I need. I am completely dependent upon the one who made all those things. Well, it's easy to say we're totally helpless, yet at the same time, we act like it all depends on us. Pastor Trent Griffith has been sharing some powerful insights from Psalm 121, a song of ascents. We'll hear the conclusion next week. I will lift my eyes to the maker of the mountains I can't climb. I will lift my eyes to the corner of the ocean's raging wild. How about you? What's it going to look like for you to lift up your eyes? Listen, I don't know what hills are looming on the horizon of your life, but I do know the Creator. He wants you looking to Him. Lifting up your eyes might mean confessing and forsaking sin that you're struggling with. It might mean reaching out to a coworker who's really hard to love. Or maybe it means you head to church for the first time in a really long time. If you're looking for a church you can call your home, why not visit Harvest Bible Chapel? We have three services every Sunday at our Granger campus, and we also get together every week in St. Joseph. You're welcome to pick a time and location that works for you and join us. For more information about our service times and locations, just visit harvestgranger.org. Again, that's harvestgranger.org. 
And be sure to check us out on Facebook by searching for Harvest Bible Chapel Granger. Now, I don't know you from Adam, but I'm pretty sure I know one thing you'll be doing at some point in the next 12 to 24 hours. It's sleeping. But aren't you glad we serve a God who never sleeps? Pastor Trent will be back to encourage us with that truth from Psalm 121 next week. Well, thanks for listening today. I'm Aaron Paulus, and my prayer is that God's word would resonate in your heart and mind as you lift up your eyes this week. Resonate with Trent Griffith is a radio ministry of Harvest Bible Chapel Granger. Visit us online at harvestgranger.org.